You're listening to The Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Alright everyone, hello and welcome back to another edition of The Dumb Will Speak. I'm Roy. I'm Chaylin. And Merry belated Christmas to all of our listeners and to you Chaylin, although I think we saw each other on Christmas Day as we were at church. But, we uh, did, we were at church. Yeah, but it was uh, it was a good Christmas. How did you have a good one? We did. We don't. Our families are, we're all close together, so it was all at our house this year. One on one night and one on the next. Oh, cool. Well, uh, we did um, Christmas Day at, at my son's house. This is the first year he's hosted a, a, a family Christmas dinner. Had some friends come in, not friends, had some in-laws come in from Indiana. Um, my wife's sister and, and her husband and their daughter, my niece. Um, and then it was both my children my son's fiance, my father-in-law and his wife, and myself and Sandy, and uh, all of us there. Uh, good dinner. My son cooked a ham. First time he'd ever cooked a ham, I think. <laughs> and he said he he told me he said I struggled with one thing. The glaze kept trying to harden. It had brown sugar in it, and it was hardening as I was trying to put it on. He said I've never had problems like I never thought that would be an issue. And I was like, well, it's good. It was. It was a tasty ham. It was good. It was tender. But it was still more. Well, he so needs to a smoker. <laughs> yeah, I agree. We all need smokers. He man. needs. He needs to be a real man. Get him a smoker. That's right. Uh, See, we do the. We do the. Um, it started out last year to try. I did a standing rib roast, so it started out as a sample. Mm. Well, it turned out really good. So now that's kind of the staple that I have to smoke a so the, rib roast the, and bring with it with the bones sticking up like a little crown. Yeah. Oh. You you always put fat on top. Yes. So the fat goes through and yeah. it comes through everything. And you made and a traditional. That's good. You made a, ri- a real rib roast, Christmassy. Hey. I, oh, it's a yeah. And then so it comes in and we trim it. I, well, I bring it in. I trim it. Um, and then we uh, we have the rib roast. It's really 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 good. You know. Well, uh, then you and luckily when your family, your uncle, owns a cattle farm, you have you have typically really good beef oh yeah and then on monday uh, monday of this week which was a uh, boxing day in england and canada and australia and places like that all the except for in america where if you were a traditionalist and you did the 12 days of christmas it would be second christmas um and you would get two turtle doves and still have your partridge in a pear tree on that day we then had our normal family thing with just me and the kids sandy we normally and we do it here it's usually christmas eve and it's usually it's usually like Christmas Eve, like around 10 or 11, we'll have a, a late breakfast. I always do country ham, red-eye gravy. We do biscuits, fried eggs, scrambled eggs. Sometimes we have French toast. Sometimes we have pancakes. Just whatever. Sometimes we just do toast. It's just whatever. But um, we uh, we forgot to get the stuff to make biscuits, and we didn't have any of those frozen biscuits or the canned biscuits. So my wife did have a thing of Red Lobster Cheddar Bay biscuits. And as long as you don't put the garlic butter on top at the end, they're just biscuits with cheese in them. And so we did well, that for the red-eye gravy and Pam. <laughs> Jeezy bit. Why is that? No. I, I, you know, that brings a question I want to ponder. And I think this would maybe be a good kickoff point here. What about the staggering amount of churches that canceled church because it was Christmas? 
And and we had them here locally. We did not. It was never even. No, I don't think it should have even been a question. It, it was, was Sunday, never even asked. And it was Christmas. You know, there are a lot of people that will have a Christmas service regardless of what day of the week it's on. And I think that's appropriate. But then you add to the fact that it's on a Sunday. Why would you not have church? Oh, uh, mo- uh, multiple churches here locally did not have church on Christmas because it was Christmas. And, and literally their reasoning was because it was Christmas. Now they can say later because we did get a rare I was going to say, storm granted, we did have a storm. Yes. In Kentucky, we got a rare snowstorm for this, especially this time of year. Bitter cold. Uh, but still, the, yeah, it was, I think, Thursday night going into Friday. I think there was minus four, minus five. Coldest had been yeah. since and all, 70s or 80s. All day last Friday, which as we record this, this is the 30th of December. God this is Friday. Global warming. One, yeah, we're, we're really warm. This is one week later, and it just really all melted off. The rest of the remnants melted off yesterday. And, yeah, it's supposed uh, to be 70 Tuesday. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, I I don't know. And this I, is your local this is your local weather brought to you on the hour by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. There you go. I think it's really bad to not have church if it's Sunday, if it's not because of weather or some some emergency. And we had, uh, I think it's bad not to do it on Christmas if you can. Now, granted, I understand if there's if you have Christmas if you have if Christmas Eve is on a Sunday and Christmas Day is on a Monday. Are you required to have a Christmas Day service? No, no. There's no law. You're not required to, to to. You're not required to recognize Christmas. Jesus never said, "And ye and ye shall," <laughs> doing King James here, "and ye shall that gather thyself it, together for for mine birthday." You know, and celebrate it. And so, I mean, we just choose to do that. It's just a, it's a, it's a liturgical part of the calendar that we've. That's a holdover. And by the way, as you and I were discussing on the phone, was it yesterday or or, or the day before? Apparently, the ancient church was practicing christmas long before the whole concept of it even before saint nicholas himself was alive so the idea that it's just they co-opted a pagan day of celebration is not necessarily true because it wasn't even on december 25th when they first came up with the idea yeah it, it you know and i still you know uh, okay this is maybe i'm too judgmental here i guess you could say I, I, I don't know maybe i'm too literal that's the word literal so i'm sitting at a christmas thing one evening and there's this little boy and you know it's just the children and i love seeing that you know the children singing and all that yeah and it had nothing to do with this play but this little boy had a sign on and the sign said innkeeper and i'm begin to ponder and i begin to go there was not an innkeeper in scripture it says in, but there, the, it's the guest room. There was no room in the guest room is right. It's probably closer. There's a was fallacy likely- about the idea. There was no room in the inn. There's no better way at the time when they began making English translations to translate to, from to the translate. Koine Greek, what that meant. But if you have to go back to that era in that land and understand that that doesn't mean he was necessarily born in a stable outside of an inn because the stable and the inn would have been together and the inn itself could have been what we would now today euphemistically call a guest house. In other words, it was just a a room where your family and friends, as they invited, you would let them stay overnight. That's where they would sleep. And yes, the manger itself would not necessarily have been a dirty thing. There's a really good book. Maybe I've talked about this thing, this book before. I'll turn around and see if I can find it. But he has a chapter. I think he starts the book with this chapter. 
Yeah, in um, yeah, I just you know I looked at that and happened to think that that, and then I began to do some reading on it, and you realize that there's there's multiple scholars that call uh, the innkeeper the most made up character in the Bible or the most uh, uh, interjected character that's not there, however you want to word it, uh, that the innkeeper really didn't exist in that story, that they would have went to uh, someone's house and they would have been at that house and there would have been no room for them to stay in what essentially would have been the guest quarters or the guest chambers. And they would have been uh, asked or instructed to go where they could find a place to go, which just happened to be essentially Jesus is born ironically in a feeding trough. Would you agree with that statement? Yes. Yes. I mean, urban legends of the new Testament, by the way, is in, and the author's name is Croteau. And I got this book a couple years ago and oddly enough, got it around Christmas and then read the chapters on that. And it's an interesting thing. He says, we've, We've really confused that because we don't understand the language and we don't understand the culture of the time. It's not that he was, they were going to some, we think of an inn as like a, at that time that it would have been a bed and breakfast. It would have been, there have been bedrooms above what would have been below like a tavern or, or, or public house, you know, a, a, what would be the modern forerunner of a restaurant or bar. And then you'd go in and they would rent you a room upstairs. No, that's a very English thing. And that's a very European thing. It's a very modern thing from the late middle ages onward. And we're taking that and trying to translate this old word that doesn't really mean that. There's no room in the inn. That's why there's no innkeeper mentioned. It's not necessarily that they were going to go stay and rent a room. It's that they were going to be allowed to live in someone's house, a family member of Joseph's. And there wasn't enough room. There was too many people there because of this census that was being taken in order to define the numbers of people in Judea and allow for future taxation purposes. So it's interesting. Oh, so, so we had church. And again... I think we should have, but yeah, I, I I did I did know that uh, notice that we had a larger crowd. I wondered how many people would show up, but we had a larger crowd than what I thought. I'll be honest with you. I thought there would be a lot of people that would so stay we home. Had, we had a decent we had crowd. A great crowd. Yeah, we had a great crowd. I mean, the crowd was wonderful. I mean, it was just <laughs> it was it was wonderful. Did it, you just it, send I, me I a sorry no vacancy sign? <laughs> it. it, it uh, <laughs> I, I literally, you know, but what was funny was you, you were there prior to us, uh, being there, uh, we, 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 we rolled in right on the, right on time because of honestly the weather and driving there. Yeah. But yeah, we, a, we, it, we drive a pretty good day. You're like, yeah, you drive a very <laughs> twisty. Well, you drive a kind of short distance you drive, but yeah, but you drive a treacherous road in, in a couple of places. Oh, very country. And then I drive a pretty good distance. I'm at the south end of the county, and I have to come back up to the the tip top of the county almost. It's just a few miles from the uh, the, the neighboring county. Um, but we, uh, but Christmas Day was fun. It was nice seeing Colin. Kind of Colin has been has always been my child. That's sort of with more withdrawn, more I won't say socially awkward. You know that he's a, he's friendly, but. But he's not one of those people that just like strikes up a conversation. You have to start it first, and then he, and then he comes along. But he was very engaging and did a good job. I think this girl that he's with and that he's engaged to, and they're getting married next summer. Um, I, I tried to warn him about summer weddings. I had a summer wedding. He's going to burn up in that tux. I'm just going to tell you right now, especially living where we live with all this humidity. But he's having a summer wedding, and that's good for him. Uh, but um, 
She's she's very yeah, outgoing. Wait drag, it seems wait till I drag it out and make him send up her and sweat. <laughs> yeah, because you're you're actually he actually asked you to officiate the wedding. That was his thing. He told her he's like, I do. I have one thing. You can do whatever you want for the wedding, but I get to pick the preacher because I want my friend Shailen to do it. I think that's sweet. I, I just used the word sweet. Yeah. Oh, but I anyway. was honored. I mean, honestly, yeah. when he did, um, you know, I I was just uh, tickled to death when but, he when he said do it. But I mean, so Monday on Boxing Day, second day of Christmas, we had our get together here, which we normally do on Christmas Eve, but because of work schedules i had to work for one and colin did as well there was no way we could do it and then um the weather was still kind of bad on christmas eve so the day after christmas monday we we got together and we did our our breakfast thing we did our brunch and after that we opened our personal presents and my son gifted me and the wife with a with a whole bunch of like steak dinners from um, texas roadhouse so you know i'm going to be getting he said, you, you need to make sure you get the steak with the bone sticking out of it. And I said, oh, don't worry. I've had it before. I'm getting the tomahawk. So, <laughs> And then my daughter, uh, I've already showed you this before we began recording, but my daughter gifted me this uh, Funko Pop. She always gets, she gets me these Funko Pop figures of Batman because I'm a Batman fan. But she couldn't find Batman in this, so she got me a Hulk because that's also my icon on a lot of things. A lot of my stuff is, Which, is the Hulk. Which, ironically, I... I mistook for Yoda or Grogu, Grogu. and yeah. if you were to see it, it looks like Grogu. Except but for the black hair, around, yeah. The, when you see the black hair and turn it around, it doesn't look like Grogu. When you do right, that. but it's a Hulk mug, holds 16 ounces of coffee, and I tested it today by putting two 8-ounce cups from uh, from my Keurig, and it did work. And she got me that, but listen, i got to show you this. I hadn't, I hadn't showed you this yet. This was also... I had it. I had one as a kid, dude. She remembered a story I told back last summer about how I had a Star Wars lunchbox when I was a kid. She found one, and I now have a Star Wars lunchbox with the original stuff. Mark Hamill as uh, as Luke, uh, the late Carrie Fisher as as Princess Leia. Alex Alec Guinness is on here as as Kenobi, and uh, Peter Cushing is on here as. Uh, 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 Grand Moff Tarkin, you've got the droids, you've got the X-Wing fighter, you've got the Millennium Falcon, the Death Star, Han Solo shooting his gun, some stormtroopers, and of course, Darth Vader. <laughs> so, yeah. So I also, I told you, I made a mistake. I watched the Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978 this week, and, ugh, mind blown. It was horrible. Although there's a few I things, and I listened to a podcast um, Wednesday afternoon while driving around at work, and a guy was sort of an apologist for it, and and he almost convinced me that there's some actually some good things in the in the in the holiday special. I may rewatch it next year just to see if he's right or not. Watch it from a different point of view, but yeah, I I only wanted to watch it because I'm a completist, and you can find it on YouTube. But it's horrible. Anyway, there's that. Um, but then um, I was thinking this week. As I was thinking about, you know, I'm going to be, I was going to be off a few days, and I, I talked to you about recording. I thought, I've got a, I've got something I want to spring on you. We have not rehearsed this in advance. You have no idea, even what I've picked to talk about. But I made a, I made a note up in my phone, and I said top five of 2022. This is not top five great things or anything like that, or not our, not our pick for the top five things. What I mean is, top five events that occurred in 2022, here in these United States or in the Western world that may have a long-lasting or, or profound impact on the church, but also just were so either positive or negative that they're just something we're still thinking about and talking about. 
and I thought we would just go through this list of five and just give short thoughts on it. We're not going to record it for a long time, but I know you've got to be somewhere. So we've got about 45 minutes to finish, and so that should be enough time to talk about this. And here's what I have picked as my top. These are my top five. If you have a different one, we can we can modify it. I've got the invasion of, U- of Ukraine by Russia. I've got DOMA, Defense of Marriage Act, replaced by the Respect of Marriage Act, which is not respectful at all. The Supreme Court of the United States decisions this, this year, which were important ones, including overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, the continued decline of religious institutions in America, including the Roman Catholic Church, the Mormonism, uh, the Southern Baptist Church, United Methodist Churches. And then, and this may in some way be the one of the most important ones, uh, the continued war on free speech and religious liberty in the West, particularly in, in Canada, UK, in America, US, and online, such as Twitter, Facebook, uh, Google items such as YouTube. Um, you agree with that list? You think those are things with long-lasting reach? Uh. I can't disagree with it. The war on free speech has kind of been, I'm going to start there. I guess the war on free speech is uh, not anything new. They've been trying to silence Christian in any way they can. Obviously. Um, almost, and it's almost as though, I'm going to use this term very loosely because it's not. It's almost as though it started internally. Uh, and when I say that, you, you begin to see several years ago in just before our lifetime, but stuff we can really read about with dealing with John MacArthur and dealing with the charismatic chaos, he began to come under attack from all those in the, uh, in the charismatic field. And, and then it's been the inerrancy of scripture with him. It's been one battle after the other. And when I say free speech, they really want to silence him from the pulpit is what I'm getting at. And you, yeah. you know, so that, that began within, and then, you know, now, now our thing is yeah. the SBC. Which... Yes, because the war on free speech is not just external. What we're mostly hearing no. about when we listen to the news or, or pundits talk about things on cable news or we're listening to our podcast, Christian and conservative podcast, they're talking about the government. What you what you and I are talking about is we have a war within the church. Again, we, we do. We do. We, we have a left and right camp, a liberal um, sort of free and open interpretation of the Bible versus people who are strict constructionists, kind of like it is in... For people who sit on the Supreme Court, some people view the Constitution as, hey, it was written, written at a time, and it has a meaning. They had a meaning for it, and we shouldn't diverge from that. And then you have others that say, oh, it's a living document, and we should ha- it adjust according to the times in which we live. And that's and the that's same way, with, that's how scripture. people view the Bible, yeah. That leads to and, liberalism. And the irony of this is people who claim to well, be uh, so into, you know, let's be nice to each other, and let's be kind— They'll shut you down. They'll censor you because what they say is you're not being kind. But they're the most um, radical people on the planet. They don't want to hear any dissent from their views. No, and and one of the things that I would piggyback on free speech is the other battle that we had locally, but we also had – no, we didn't have locally. Let me back up. I said that wrong. That that is – could be locally, but right now is kind of within the SBC – uh, and it deals with women pastors. And yeah. so right now, th- th- I would pay, piggyback that on free speech because you're not allowed to say anything against women pastors. And what was so ironic about that is this morning, uh, you know, I love D.A. Carson. 
Yeah. I've, I'd love to read anything D.A. Carson's done. His exegetical fallacies is, is a tremendous book. He wrote multiple commentaries, just does a great job. I'm actually now starting to get into the, the new studies in biblical theology that he edits. Uh, but anyway, Tim Keller was interviewing him for the Gospel Coalition. Right. And the question was asked was, how do you handle First um, Timothy dealing with women cannot have authority or preach or I, I, permit, I permit not a woman to preach or have authority. The first question was, are those one or two? And I love D.A. Carson's answer. He said, because really they're two, but one. He said, because the authority all comes from the word, not a man. So if they're not allowed to teach the word, then they're not allowed to have authority, but it's two separate entities. I watched, you know, I watched Keller basically try to skirt around did Paul mean that universally because oh, wow. in, when you read it his language is such that uh, the tense that he uses could mean that he means it locally but there's many other times that he uses that same tense for other words and it it's a it's a statement of fact and and you see Carson just sitting there just as calm. It's about a six, seven minute clip and Carson, you know, you know, in politely, very brotherly love is just disagrees with him without saying he disagrees with him, you know, and, wow. and, and gives his reason. And he actually recommends that if you're listening, he recommends, uh, the, um, Robert Yarborough and pillar in the pillar Testament, uh, new Testament commentary series. Robert Yarbrough, and I actually, after that, sat down and read his section on it. And he did a fantastic job explaining that. But, I, you know, I would I would say that free speech, free speech umbrella that you said, yeah. there's a lot encompassed there. Yeah. Especially within the body itself. Yeah. But then we've got another attack on us silencing the gospel well, externally. Recall what happened... And this goes back to my idea of the decline of the institutions in America. Um, just was it was it November of this year or October? It's very recent that the LDS Latter Day Saints Church has has declared that they now, you know, while they recognize a marriage as between a man and a woman, and they can't they will not back down from that. They're also very accept. They're now they're now totally changing their views on the whole spectrum of LGBTQIA++++. So um, they're, they're radically changing the Mormon church because Brigham Young University has been radicalized. It's very woke now. So you have that. You have the problem with some of the SBC uh, seminaries. They've become very woke. Many of our largest churches within that denomination, I've heard it said that the Baptist church is not true. The Southern Baptist are not truly a denomination. They are really an affiliation. Uh, that there is no technically Baptist denomination anywhere. Even the ones that say they're a denomination. That it's just by nature the the polity of Baptist. The idea of Baptist doctrine is that there is no denomination. It's just churches that believe in be believers' baptism and take the polity of the local church as being final. Um, don't well, have bishops one, I want and that to sort of thing. One other thing. You remember the big. 
you know, and I watched it a little bit. I didn't know the chosen. Remember that come out? You talk about Mormon. That's the sparks me on another thing, right? The chosen, the, yeah. the video. Yeah. And I, and I watched it and there was a lot that I thought, man, it's, it's not doing a bad job. I can't remember the gentleman started it. You'll probably know the or not started it, but that's doing the filming. It's Dallas um, Jenkins. He's he's Jerry Jenkins who co-wrote yes. the uh, Left Behind series with Tim LaHaye. It's his son. Yep. And he's about so your he age. Did that. He's about your age. He's yeah, early forties. He, he he did that, and he um, is now basically equivocating the Jesus Jesus of Scripture and the Jesus of Mormonism. I will say, basically saying, but I will say, I did see him about two weeks ago on um, Ali Beth Stuckey, and he he wanted to he wanted to make it clear what he was saying. In that, what was he in saying? Because I haven't seen that. He said that he personally knew some Mormons that he believed were true believers, even though they're in the LDS well, Church. He believed they're true believers, and that those people do worship; they themselves do worship the same Jesus. Uh, he also said that even the ones that don't, even the ones who's got it wrong, and they're not Trinitarian and that thing, they actually follow the teachings. He said a lot of those people are still uh, people that would tell you they love Jesus. It's just that they have a misunderstanding of Jesus, and that's true. And he agrees that that misunderstanding of Jesus could be far enough to send them to hell. He agrees with he agree, he but he they, knows that. And he said, "I was not trying to just blanket say that all Mormons are going to heaven." He said, "I wasn't trying to say that." Well, and the problem is the the, but he did word it poorly, Mormon, and he said that he said I admit oh, I, he said that in that interview I gave a very poor. Are, <laughs> but the Mormons literally are, um, they essentially believe themselves to be demigods. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus was I mean, as well. Jesus was as well. He yes. be, he became God, and we are going to follow his his example as his followers, as his Latter Day Saints. We will become gods in the afterlife. You know, Mormonism is a tricky system. And because it's all based on um, latter-day revelation, a revelation that came from first Joseph Smith claiming, Joseph Smith claiming that he received Mormoni, the angel, he received golden tablets from him that were new revelations of Jesus Christ, it's stating that Jesus Christ came to North America and revealed himself to the Indians. And this was post-resurrection, that he came and revealed himself to the American Indians and all this mess. It's this other, it's, it's even called, if you've got a, a copy of the book, and I have it right over here, it's called Another Testament of Jesus Christ. So they'll say, oh no, we hold the Bible in high regard. We believe the Bible. It's always the King James. But anyway, they're King James only, believe it or not. It's kind of strange. But it's the King James Bible plus Mormon. So they actually hold to the Book of Mormon and then everything's been handed down to the prophets since then. And because you can still have revelation and you can still have prophets, and they do have prophets every 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 year since 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 Brigham Young set it all up in Utah, they have prophets. Because of that, this continued prophecy, they can actually change the tenets of their faith. And they have. They once believed in polygamy. It's it's expressly permitted in the early writings. And now it's banned. It was so Utah could become a state. They once uh, held to a lot of things that, that black men could not hold, quote, the priesthood. That the Hamites, they considered them descended from Ham and cursed by Noah, therefore cursed by God, and therefore black men could never hold to the priesthood. Well, now, any, any town in America, you walk around, you're going to see some LDS people walking around in their shirts with their little name tags on it. You're going to see young black men around age 17 to 21. 
just like you're going to see young Asian, Hispanic, and white men walking around doing their mission work that they do because they've had to change things on that. But their teachings can evolve. That's the difference between a truly biblical church and this latter-day prophecy is that you can change your views on anything, and they just did with LGBTQ. So there's a decline there. Um, yeah, Mormonism is, to, to use a colloquialism, it's totally whack. I mean, it just really is. Uh, it's 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 non-trinitarian. It's it's this belief that God is, and that's why I don't understand how they can accept transgenderism or any of the LGBTQ stuff, which they were always against, is because their God is gendered. He has a male body part, and he had actual sex with Mary, and that's how she became pregnant, and how Jesus came to be. He put her in a trance and impregnated her. That's their view of the birth of Jesus. He was holy because he was descended from Yahweh, but it's it's so strange. Anyway, it's weird. I don't want to get off on all that. But that's no, just. But, but but that you know. Honestly, on what you're. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say no. you also have the Catholics divided on things. You have Catholic bishops I, in the United States saying, you know, you have some of them saying, uh, Nancy Pelosi, you can't receive um, communion because of your view on abortion. But you have other people saying yes, and you have the Pope administering to her while she's in Italy. So what are you going to well, do? I was actually. They're falling apart. I was actually. It's not just the SBC, the Methodists, oh my goodness, ordaining gay ministers and everything now. As you were saying all that going in, I'm like, it's actually a great segue into the decline of the institution. It is, was, I think it number is. number four on your list, it, it was a great segue there to it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what's getting ready. Well, I mean, I, when does the Methodist church meet? I, I think there's fixing to be a major split there. Was it January? Yeah, it's this year. Well, I mean, you know, this, yeah, this new year. I mean, 2023. By the time this comes out, you know. Uh, there, I think it's January or or February that there, there's the, and it was long rumored they were going to divide some years ago when they didn't, but I don't know that now that it won't be the, the division. I think locally we're already kind of seeing some people, our churches prepare locally for which camp they're going to be in. <laughs> and when you pass by some of them and you says, pastors and it lists a husband oh, yeah. and wife yeah pretty sure which way they're going yeah you know no doubt no doubt yeah. well that's already happened though <laughs> that's already happened that was tom buck and people like that's um whole point at the sbc this 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 year when they met as well as al moeller saying and 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 that woman just really head of that head of that committee actually just sort of dissing him trying to and he just stood up and he said no 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 look we wrote pastor because while I personally believe we should have elder-led churches, we know that most churches within the SBC denomination do not. They have some other form of polity, but everyone would understand the term pastor. It's the man who stands in front of the congregation behind a pulpit teaching and preaching the word every Sunday. It's that person that's considered the, the senior teacher. And because of that, that's what we meant. So we did mean that no woman can hold that office. That's what we meant. From the looks of her face when he does that yeah i don't think she realized he was the author when she first tried to answer him until he went wait a minute i wrote it. yeah he said when we wrote this in blah 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 uh whatever year it was it was 2000 her, or something her like that. countenance changes yeah like oh boy yeah uh um, and, and, yeah you, you're you're right it, it's uh, by the way you said something about tom buck reminded me uh, I have spoken with Pastor Gabe. We're going to have Pastor Gabe back on. He is ready to go. We're awesome. going to do it after the first year. That'd be great. Uh, Pastor Gabe will be back on, so we do have that exciting news. And uh, well, and I'm sure we'll be able to talk some more of this type of thing with him because he's 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 
he's kind of around that a lot. Um, you were talking about the Methodist. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is a major split. I mean, a lot of the churches are already gearing up for when they're going, what they're going to do, because under that system, and I know a retired Methodist minister, he said, what will happen if this split occurs is there's going to be a whole lot of issues over real estate. I started to say, the, don't the, the church isn't it denominationally owned. Yes, they own everything? it. They own everything. Yes, because the bishops are in control. The bishops financial. can set up. Uh, the bishops will set up pastors. He was an overseer. He was a guy who did set up pastors in local denominations, local local congregations. And when there was a problem, if he felt that pastor needed to move on, he just told him, "Hey, in three months, you're you're leaving. We're going to find you another place to go." And they don't have no choice. They don't have no choice. Yeah, and the pastor has to go. It is a that that was the other thing that was talked about several years ago is because of the amount of money involved. How do they do this? Because yeah. it's a vast amount of money that is involved from banking accounts to the investments to the property to I mean you think most of those, especially the bigger ones, there's a there's yeah. usually a parsonage and a school. Yep. Maybe a preschool. If nothing else, a daycare and preschool service. There's all they've always yeah. got something going on. Uh, so there this is, isn't an easy deal. Um, there is a church somewhere in the rural county. I forget where part of the county, or maybe it was in a neighboring county. I was making a delivery, as you know. I deliver medication to people, uh, shut in people, and um, I passed a little Methodist church with a rainbow flag in the yard. Everyone welcome. Really? It said on the sign. Everyone is welcome to come worship our Savior. Merry Christmas! And I was like, Oh, joy. Jesus now is is affiliated with the rainbow flag, according to this Methodist church. And we're not talking the main church there in, in Madisonville. We're talking about a small rural communal church. But that's again, that just goes to show the decline. Um, Ukrainian-Russian issue. What does that reveal to us about the state of affairs? Well, one thing, it reveals that uh, nationalism still exists. America's trying to disown its own nationalism. But uh, this has been an atrocity. On so many accounts, yes. Um, Putin is wrong to do what he did, and he has his reasons for doing it, and they're all barbaric. But let's not pretend that Zelensky and these other people are saints, as they've been trying to be made out by the media, especially, and by our current regime in power in the government, that uh, that we're supposed to just fall on our face and worship at Zelensky and, and just give him whatever he needs or whatever he wants, because that, that government's corrupt. I was just listening the other day to James White, and he was talking about it. He had a call-in episode a week or so ago, and someone asked him about that because he was like, you know, my wife just got back from the Ukraine, um, and we we have a we have friends there. There there are churches that we help support, and we are doing some mission work over there right now to try to help them during this, giving them food and and, and blankets and things. And he said, well, what are we supposed to feel about this? He said, and I know you have some strong opinions. He goes, yes. He goes, I have friends in Ukraine, and he mentions one of them, a pastor there, but I also have friends in Russia. And all I can tell you is their governments are evil. There's some good Christians in both countries. On both of them. But their governments are evil. He said, He said I was driving on in a Ukrainian road, and, and I mean, it was beating me up. I, my driver in the front seat started laughing. He goes, Ukrainian massage, and started laughing. He goes, because he, like this is how you get a massage. You ride on one of the roads. And he goes, do y'all not ever Fill the potholes on these highways. And he goes, there has been money allotted for it in the government budget, but that money always disappears by the time it gets to the local local level. And so the government's corrupt. And he said that was in 2013, 14, that era. He said, so it, it's bad. Um, 
but what's well, one thing that I've struggled with there is the platforming of Zelensky. Yeah. Um, he's in my opinion, and, and I've heard it said many times, the man is just almost as equally as evil as Putin. He's a celebrity, um, you know, who became a he's politician. He's a celebrity. And he's, remember, he's a good actor. Yeah. Yeah. So why do we trust this guy that's a good, <laughs> exactly. up, you know, good actor? Yeah. But I'm trusting this guy. But unlike Reagan, Reagan had some actual strong uh, sociopolitical and even religious convictions. This man does not seem to have them. Uh, he has a lot of personal convictions. But you, yeah. Yeah. He likes getting, being rich and being viewed as a hero in the world. But anyway. So that's like a, a, a crazy rea- reality that, honestly, I thought by now this war would be over. I did. And we should all pray for peace because there's loss of life, man, on both sides. And it's, and it's, it's just, it's not going anywhere. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't like the, the rhetoric that's being used from our side because we're now talking about, oh, well, let's, let's take Ukraine into NATO and then that forces us to go to war. Do we want to do this? Because Putin's kind of a madman himself, and he has nuclear weapons, too many of them, to be honest with you. So, I don't know. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, I think our last two, they're closely related. I think in some ways they may be the most important ones for the United States. And here's why. DOMA was the Defense of Marriage Act. I think it was voted in in 1994. Defense of Marriage Act said that the the federal government cannot and will not recognize any state or local provision for same-sex marriage, that all marriage is between a man and a woman, federally. So even this this decision in 2015 of Burgerfeld didn't actually completely nullify that law because the law was on the books, that the federal government itself didn't have to recognize uh, same-sex marriage. Well, the Respect for Marriage Act passed, thanks to the Republicans in the Senate and Republicans and another 46 Republicans in, in the House, which allowed for the government to not only recognize gay marriage, but to say that it is federally protected now. It's a law. Okay, so listeners don't know this, but we just spent the last five minutes trying to get back online. Um, you had a power surge and totally lost everything. <laughs> but it, yeah, it, and it, it was your, your, your strip, lights. Your power strip protected you, and you're fine. I'm fine. It was just everything flickered in my whole office, and it was kind of odd. I don't know that I've ever. Maybe Zelensky heard me. Oh wow! Yeah, evil overlords. But no. Um, so perhaps I should go to town. Yeah. So we've got you know we. The, what I'm getting at, I guess, with this is, and what worries me about the future, I said worry, but you know what I mean, concerning is the fact that uh, God is righteous and holy, and we say this a lot. We are not, okay? And he only allows foolish man to spit in his face for so long before he says, enough of you, and just look at history, Look at the trash heap of history and how many nations were once grand and powerful and now they're just also rands. Like France, like England, like Spain, uh, like Portugal, okay, like the Netherlands. We don't the Netherlands were a world power. The Dutch were very powerful. We don't think about that, do we? No, we don't. What about the Vikings? What about the Romans? What about Italy, right? What about the Greeks before them? You're getting ready to talk in Sunday school Sunday about the the the, the 
the world-spanning Greek empire under under Philip and his son Alexander, and how Alexander gets Greek and Hellenistic culture all over the world, and then dies at what thirty-two years old, you know, thirty-two or thirty-three. Yeah, yeah and um, and leaves it to a bunch of other people to fight over civil war, essentially a long-standing battle for jockeying for power, the destruction of his of his bloodline, so that there would never be any more Macedonian kings to be in charge of Greece, and Greece would just be. Look where it is now, one of the most impoverished nations in Europe. So, yeah. you know, if you think you stand, what does the Bible say? Beware lest you fall, right? If yeah. you, it's to the individual, but it's to anyone. It's to the non-Christian and the nation as well. It can, it's a, if generalizing that statement, it means, you know, it's stating in that context, it's talking about people with pride in their hearts, even Christians who think, oh, I would never do this. I would never drop into this sin, so, you know, I'm fine, but my brother has sinned, and he's horrible. No, you rescue that brother from his sin, right? And you pray for him, and you try to help him. And if he won't accept, you know, his guilt and confess it and repent and get back on track, then you throw him out of the body. You throw him out of the assembly. Hmm. But it says to the individual, you'll beware that you think you stand, well, you'll fall. You know, pride is, goes before destruction. And I'm worried that that's where America's at at this point. You, you spit in the face of God enough, you know, yes, one bright shining moment this summer, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, great. But then the elections occurred in November, less than two months ago, and what did we see, even here in our own home state? Uh, a resignation by the people that, no, we don't want to actually put into law that abortion is a, is a, is a sin and a crime against humanity, which it is. And so... You know, Which actually shocked me because I'll be. I thought it would you, pass. I'll be honest with you. I thought, but we also had this conversation. We knew going in what the law read because I, you you had read it. I had read it. it the, the 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 amendment was worded terrible. Uh, I remember an elderly lady having it read to her while I was in the in the voting precinct, and she had somebody read it to her, and she goes, "I have no idea what you just told me." And the guy who was telling her, I heard him say, are you for abortion or not? And then he told her to vote the correct way. So, I mean, But he told her the truth. He told her the truth. Yeah, yeah, he told her the truth. She's like, I don't want abortion in any way, shape, form, or fashion. He's like, um, it's been, what, a few months? I think it was yes. Yeah, yeah yes. you had to vote yes. <clears throat> I don't remember now. You were voting yes to say but, that the Constitution does not allow for abortion. Yeah, that you agree with that and statement, so, and you're right. It, that's legalese, and legalese right. is often confusing to people because it says something sometimes in a positive manner or a negative manner, and you think it means, oh, well, I need to vote the opposite of what you actually need to vote. Now, I agree that that can be confusing. I agree, and, and I think that because as soon as that happens, the 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 election. What did was it right after the elections when we got the. Was it the Defense of Marriage Act? Yes, 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 it was. But see, so we might be able to say in Kentucky that knowing the state of, of, of education here, we're always in the bottom three states in the United States, always, always, for, for like 100 years since they've been measuring uh, education success rates. So we could look at that and go, well, that's Kentucky for you. They screwed it up. They, they should have ordered it better or, or they should have had an explanation, like a paraphrase, telling you this is what this actually means so that you know how you're voting. If you're pro-abortion, vote this. If you're anti-abortion, vote this. Um, well, that, you would assume that, yeah, they cared. They, they would have to care in order to do that. 
You know, I mean, I think the people that wrote that amendment wanted it to pass. Obviously, it was it was put on there so that we could re- do a referendum, and they thought it would pass. They thought I think they thought that they had written it well enough. But I'm telling you, man, the state of education in, in Kentucky, especially, but in America in general anymore in the 21st century, is so. <clears throat> I almost said a sort of negative word that some people don't like to hear, but something poor. <laughs> That uh, also starts with the word letter P. That you know, I can, loud and clear. I can understand why it didn't pass here, but not true of the other states that had that had it on their reference. That word is in the King James. That is true. He that, he that does something against the bricks. That's right. But in the other states where they where they had their setting, it was definitely they knew what they were doing. And in California, where they where they voted to enshrine it and make it part of their constitution as a as a, a part of their bill of rights in their constitution, obviously the Americans in that part of the country in those other states knew what they were doing. And then obviously our Senate and and House of Representatives knew what they were doing with this so called respect. It's actually a profaning of marriage act. Uh, and so again. Sodom and Gomorrah exist on the earth today, and it's any nation that does what Sodom and Gomorrah did, which was not just the sin of idolatry, not just the sin of homosexuality, not just the sin of unbelief in God, but it was all those things enshrined in their laws. They were known for that in their region, right? The cities of the plain were known for their debauchery, and they were destroyed because of it. Why is the U.S. expecting to get away with it? When, when those nations did not in the past, and other nations have been destroyed. Look what happened to Germany, uh, decades of upheaval because of their sins. And I just don't know how much longer the U.S. has got. I mean, I know I sound like a negative Nelly when I say this, but God is righteous, and he has every right to judge us. And as Christians, we have to accept it and go, yes, Lord. And that's hard to do. That's hard to just submit and it's say, you know, I don't want this to happen for my kids' sake and my future grandchildren's sake, but... Yes, Lord, because you're righteous and I'm not. And you have every right to judge. And Jesus is going to judge all nations. I guess in some ways, I know that's a negative way to end, but in some ways I think that says it all for 2022. It was just another abysmal year. You know, we've, we, we started podcasting in the summer of 2020 when really it was like we were in the middle of the unraveling of Western civilization. And we've been able to podcast through this whole thing. And we've just commented on little things here and there. We've not spent a whole lot of time on politics or a whole lot of time on national issues or a whole lot of time on cultural things, unless they relate to the church. And by the way, all those things do relate to the church because we live in the world. We live in the world and we're not of the world, uh, but we still live in the world. You know, this idea that, this world is not my home, and I'm going to heaven, those type of hymns from the 19th century, very revivalistic. They're not really great on their theology, Jalen, because actually, this is our home here in our physical bodies. And so, yeah, we, we do have to live here, and we should pray for peace. Why? And we should work towards the good of man. Why? Because it's going to make it better for us. What does Paul say? Do as you can to live peaceably among others, as long as you can, if as long as it's within your ability but you do have to do what Jesus said and render unto Caesar what's his, but also unto God what is God's. And God has our hearts, and he has to have our hearts and minds. If we're not in touch with that, we will fall prey to what many of these so-called uh, progressive, woke, or understanding, or liberal, whatever you want to call them, uh, open-minded Christians, so-called Christians, have become these empty, hollow, pathetic denominations have become where there's nothing there. They have a 
pow- a form of godliness, but they actually deny the power that is thereof, according to Scripture. And so we don't want to be in that situation. So guard your mind and your hearts, and also look after your kids, because you want your kids to have a firm foundation in the faith and in Scripture so that they'll make the right choice. And if they make the wrong choice, at least they were given the light, and it's all on them. It's not because they weren't told. They've been warned. If they, if they choose to do poorly, that's on between them and their maker. You agree? <laughs> I agree. And, and I was sitting here thinking one last time I lied. I may have been, uh, who did St. Nick punch? <laughs> <laughs> who did he punch? I forget. We talked about this last year. Arius. Arius. Okay. So Arianism. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And, and it is speculated whether that ever happened or not. Oh, I know. Still fun for you. It's still to fun about. to think about. Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Actually, I did get some books. I might read through here and see if it's in here. So, so I don't know. Can you see my camera here? Oh yeah. Got the whole... Oh yeah. That's cool. So that's the, that's those, man, they're in good shape. Oh, they're great shape. You got those, I guess on that's eBay. Good. No, that's not, that's not the, uh, 2000 years of Christ's power. That is the, um, the emergence of the church. That is by, can you pronounce that? I can never pronounce that very well. I'm terrible. Uh, Yodislav Pelican. Yeah. Thank you. I said Pelican, but I can never say his first name. Yeah. That's who that is. This is a... Uh, and just for the like listeners at home, scrolling. just for the listeners at home, that is not spelt like a bird, Pelican with a C. It's with a no. K. Yeah, it's your sloth, this Pelican. Is, there is... Uh, this is recommended by R.C. Sproles. Uh, this was highly recommended by their, for them for church history. So, But my 2,000 years of Christ's power uh, actually is probably in the mailbox. Awesome. So, well, Chalen, um, but yeah, I think that's a good way to end it. Happy New Year to you, and let's let, let us let us pray that it is a peaceful New Year, and that we we see a, a resurgence. If God has mercy on us, it will be more than we deserve, and we should thank Him. And if He if He decides to bring the hammer down on this country in twenty twenty three, it's also what we deserve, and we need to still praise Absolutely. Him and thank Him anyway for His righteousness and His holiness. And that again, that's very hard to say, you know, as a guy who was raised very fundamentalist, right-wing, uh, you know, welcome pro-American. The Calvinism. Yeah, welcome to Calvinism, yeah, where you say, you know, you, welcome not my will be done, but yours, Lord. Uh, well, Chalen, I'll say this. It's been fun. We haven't done as much podcasting this year as I would have liked. Uh, I made a brief uh, bonus episode that I posted last night that uh, just sort of says that, hey, I know, we're just we're tired of apologizing, just like you're tired of hearing us apologize. We'll promise that we're doing the best we can, and we'll try to do better in the coming year. I do think things are going to be good. I gave them a little preview. I told them you're working on a project that you plan on recording uh, that'll just be you. My project may actually start uh, tomorrow. Yeah. that's what I've been messing with this morning is um, OBS Studio. Well, I, I have to uh, get I'm, those. I'm not, we're, we're doing a New Testament survey at church. Yeah. I've been running through with PowerPoints. I, I may be... Boring people to death. I don't. No, I don't think I'm so. You're doing the history of the interne- intertestamental period right now, and that's good. Right now, and and then they, and then the class chose Acts to go through after the New Testament survey. So, which I'm kind of glad. Um, that makes sense too. I, it was what you wanted. Yeah. I, and I and, <laughs> and I, I voted for it. I didn't care. <laughs> I, I did not care. And uh, but I guess let's see. I'm 42. <laughs> we may get done with Acts by the time I'm 50. You know, well, uh, to all of our general listeners, I had a birthday last week, last Tuesday, on the twentieth, and I'm now at the half century mark. So I'm officially an old goat, 
and that does not mean greatest of all time. <laughs> I started to say that is not goat as in the greatest of all time. No, that's uh, just an old goat. <laughs> but but I but I actually am gonna start recording and start doing some samples of. Good. Uh, actually, I'm gonna send it to you first. I'm yeah. gonna Dropbox it to you first. Probably do a short twenty minute um, kind of idea introduction. But no, we've got. Um, we're moving along pretty good through the intertestamental period. Then you're going to take over Sunday school for a few weeks. We have our marriage retreat, so you're going to take over. Yeah, is it six um, weeks? Or? And, and I'll probably drop this ball on you right now. What's that? Uh, since there's one one week left in February, do you just want to finish out the month of February that week I come back? Oh, Lord. Um, That's up to you. I don't care. I mean, you know my stuff. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I guess I could. That way, start fresh first of the month. I mean, that's up to you. I don't I'm care. Communion, so, communion Sunday. I mean, I'll be ready to go. I'm going to try. We're going to try tomorrow. No, what is today? Well, you know me. I'm Saturday, long-winded. Friday. So if I ever get around to all the material I'm trying to condense, it, it will. I, I will have a hard time finishing. So <laughs> I've had four times teaching, and I'm in the intertestamental period, and we haven't even got to Alexander the Great yet, nope. which is going to take a week. Yeah. And then we're almost going to be a week on the Seleucids and Ptolemies to understand who comes out of that. Yep. And then when you're going to follow that up, we're going to have to get into the Roman. I'll actually probably move quicker on the Roman part than any of it because— Because you'll be able to talk about that in Acts. Yeah, because I'm going to talk a lot of that about in Acts. We're just going to kind of go over some of the offices and who we got there. But uh, you're getting ready to get to, you know, when we get to the Ptolemies and Seleucids, you're going to learn a lot about Antiochus Epiphanes or Antiochus Epiphanes or however you want to say it. And a couple of weeks ago, I was in, at the beginning of December, I was in contact with the guy that we go to church with that I'm setting up for an interview sometime in January. So that side project is going to come, and that'll be on our podcast feed as well. And then there'll be a YouTube channel for those interviews as well. And you've talked about doing a YouTube channel where you do, you, you're going to put, your side project on there in addition, and we may eventually throw videos of uh, the podcast when we start. Yeah, it's going to be through the the dumb will speak of yeah. the name yeah. of the YouTube so channel. So we can do that, that do. In a, and we'll just throw it all up there. So those of you that want to look for Roy's project, it is Roy's Dating 101. He's going to give <laughs> dating advice to the young men of the church. You think that's really um, what I'm going so, to do? No. Uh, well, I've told him to title his stuff Roy's Rant. Yeah. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I, might. Say, I let my I let my wife listen to the my wife refused just to listen to this because she's like I hear you talk about it every day, so right. I'm not going to listen to it. And uh, so, what was funny was the last time I said I want to hear you, I want I want you to hear the new sound. I, I want you to hear it. And we started listening, and it it was it's like for ten minutes it was Roy, and all you'd hear be every now and then was go. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then we would fast forward. We would fast forward and she would go, Troy again. And then we would fast forward and she'd go, Troy again. I'm like, we've been listening to this for 15 minutes and it's been wrong every time. But then I said, I've done most of the talking today. That's, so. that's fine. Uh, that's how it was set up. It was just I'm, comical. I was posing I this to question you to you that. about the five, my, my idea of what would be five, a countdown of five things that have impacted the church this year. Um, you know, and that's why I told you to call it Roy's, Roy's Rants. Rants. You know, next, um, th- my wife no longer listens to the podcast either because she said it's too much of just, I hear you talk about this stuff all the time. And you're on the phone with Chaylin talking about it all the time, so I already know. But then the other thing is her her boss does listen to our podcast. So hello there, uh, 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 Tyler. Sandy needs a promotion. And he's, there you go. Yeah. Another raise, please. And uh, he, we were at the Christmas dinner for... Uh, for for the for the, the 
the store she works for, and uh, he said, "Do you ever, do you ever let, uh, do you ever let Chaylin get a word in edgewise? Is your phone conversation as bad as it seems on that?" I said, "No, it is not." He said, "You know, I can hear you. You'll be going, dap, 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 dap. and then Chaylin will go, uh huh." <laughs> so he said the same thing. I guess I monopolized the conversation too much. And what's funny is it, it's. I don't have a problem filling time. I'm just as long-winded as you are. That's right. That's right. So I mean, you I'm really just, can't say nothing. There, there's been many times I've said, you know, today we're going to get through whatever, and I'm like, okay, it's going to be a three-parter. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Just, sorry. My fault. I mean, I had the bright idea one time I was going to, this is recent, I was going to preach through Ephesians chapter 2, 5, 4, something. I don't remember now. I remember one that. 1 through 9. I remember that. 1 through 9. 6. Ephesians 6, 1 through 9. Yeah. I made it through one through three. Yep. <laughs> and struggled to get through one through three. That's right. Like, yeah, we're going to make an amendment here. <laughs> uh, but it has been great. It, it, so we'll look forward to another year. And like I said, what, this is the year we've said we were going to do side projects. We said we were going to do some of these. We haven't. And it's honestly, you look back at the world and, you know, we had some kind of virus that was here that <laughs> disrupted stuff. That, yeah. I don't recall the name of because nobody mentions anymore. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it'll come to me eventually. It's over, except uh, it's I not. It, I think it rhymes <laughs> with, you know, well, never mind. Um, it, 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 um, like I said, so you kind of had the world sidetracked and you couldn't get anything. Like, you know, the stuff I've got in my office, I couldn't get for a year. Yeah. You know, it was on back order everywhere you turned now. So the sound's different because it finally showed up. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, but anyway, no, we'll make those happen. I'm, I'm actually going to start test recording and probably get that to you by the end of the weekend, let you pre-listen to make sure the sound sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Sounds cool. But anyway, why don't you dismiss us and uh, call it a morning, and I'm going to go with my ears lowered. All right, man. Take care. All right. See you, man. All right. Well, visit us online at www.dumbspeak.com. Send us uh, emails with comments, questions, or concerns to comments, plural, at dumbspeak.com. And as usual, pray for us as we pray for you and this ministry, and we love you. God bless.